This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, the NLL unites. Brett Manny's done coaching for now. Coolbet has you covered for all the Alterna Cup, and Justin Inacio introduces us to Rep Services. We got a lot to talk about, so come join the fun right here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. My name is Teddy Jenner, and welcome back for another year of National Lacrosse League action. Matthews, quick stick. Are you kidding me? Why Dylan Ward? I don't believe what I just saw. That's the save of the year right there. Oh, wow. Claire right down the middle, shoots, and he scores! Welcome back to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. You can also hear us on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you take your music in your earbuds. Your host, Teddy Jenner, along with our other host, Pat Gregor. Patty, what's good, my man? Not too much. Another week closer to the end of the season. It's American Thanksgiving. We've got football. Oh, we've got college basketball all week long, college football rivalry weekend this week. It is one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's going to be a busy one, especially for you and all your cool bet pals. Um, let's get some uh, housekeeping things out of the way. You can find me on Twitter at Teddy Jenner. He is at P Greggy. The show is at OTCB underscore podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram, OTCB Podcast. And don't forget, as Patty said, we are a week away from the start of the National Lacrosse League season. Players will start to fly out on Thursday, maybe even Friday. Start collecting your air miles, boys. But as a fan, you want to make sure you look your best. So make sure you hit up nllshop.com or fanatics.ca and get all of your favorite team's apparel and make sure you look your best for opening weekend. Um, how was your week, Patty? What did you get up to? Again, uh, just a lot of sports, man. <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of sports. Mo- moved into the new house as well. Like, uh, I think we've probably been almost a month now, but, you know, actually moving the furniture into the house isn't the hard part. It's all the unboxing and finding oh, yeah. where things are supposed to go and I everything. But we're, 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 we're pretty cozy now. The dog's... I think they're pretty settled in the house now. So um, couch came. So now I have an excuse to okay. sit on my ass and watch sports all, all day long. <laughs> uh, you're in the heart of Pickering, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pickering. Uh, 
born and raised in Ajax. Well, born in Scarborough, raised in Ajax, was living in Whippy, Oshawa before that, but then now back closer to the city in Pickering. So uh, a little bit closer to Toronto. Um, luckily, I work from home, so I don't even really have to worry about the commute anyways. Um, but no, it's uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. And you're closer to Hamilton. I, yes, exactly. Much closer to Hamilton. Um, and I mean that's the TSN game of the week. So even the thing is, that's, that's great. Even if I don't want to trek all the way to Hamilton, it looks like the rock have about, what, what did we say last week? Six games on TSN. Yeah, so, yeah. but no, it's not too bad. And it's not too bad. It's not too bad of a drive to Hamilton. Um, speaking of the Toronto rock, speaking of Hamilton, uh, national lacrosse league announcing the return of the alternate cup. Um, so I believe there was 15 games is what I counted. Um, all the Canadian teams will play each other. Whoever's got the most wins at the end of the year is your alternate cup champion. Um, we started this two years ago or 18 months ago, never got it finished. Um, but this is a great kind of inter tournament within the NLL season. Um, again, I, I think I might be feeling the same way I was last time. I don't know how much pressure it will be on the players to win the alternate cup. I don't know if there's like a bonus incentive for the players other than that trophy and saying you were the best team out of all the Canadian teams. But I still think there's always going to be heated rivalries within those games, which will make every Alterna Cup battle um, that much more important and entertaining. Exactly. And let's be honest, anytime you step on the floor, you want to win that game anyways. It's not like these guys are going to be punting on games because like, oh, I don't, who cares about the Alterna Cup? No, it's players are going to care. It's not, obviously it's not the ultimate goal in the NLL cup, uh, but also this is something fun for the fans to have some bragging rights over other teams. And like you said, um, for the most part, a lot of these Canadian teams already have some rivalries within uh, each team, but now it's going to be able to create rivalries through the fan base and on social media, there's bragging rights on the line. So you know what? It, it's it's a fun way to have fans and players a little more engaged in the rivalries and build those rivalries. You know, is it going to be, you know, blood, sweat and tears going into this trophy? Probably not. Uh, but at the end of the day, players want to win. Uh, players want to, you know, build their legacy. So if this is another way they can do it, I'm sure this is this is going to be something that they're, they're looking forward to competing for. So it'll be done based on win percentage um, because I believe there's an, an uneven amount of games. Uh, if two teams are tied at the end, they'll go to a tiebreaker. First tiebreaker is head-to-head, -head, then goal differential between the two teams, and then goal difference between the two teams in alternate cup games, overall and all record. And then if they have to go as far as that, NLL season goal differential so uh the first game will be opening weekend december 4th saskatchewan at halifax oh hey you'll be at that game i will i'll be in the nest so, myself. yeah so you guys will probably be done before that toronto albany games even started right oh uh, maybe yeah. not uh, no, usually. So, cause yeah, we're, at, we're an hour, we're an hour ahead. So usually it would be what time it is part of my ignorance, but what time does it, <laughs> it's it the schedule says it's six Eastern time. So what's that? Like seven, yeah, so seven. Okay. And then what time, sorry, no, what time is the, this is great podcasting. Oh, right? God. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what time's the Toronto Albany game at? Probably seven or seven 30. 7:30. Okay. Yeah. No. We'll still we'll, we'll be able to catch the the tail end of it, but um, it, definitely not the full game. Um. 
All right, so that's Alterna Cup. Uh, NLL Unites was probably the even bigger story, and we're going to have Jessica Berman on next week as the plan to kind of go into this in depth. But she was very instrumental in creating the Hockey is for Everyone when she was with the National Hockey League, and this was something that she wanted to do since day one, um, and it is going to do, you know, storytelling, education, activation, give access but continually to make the game of lacrosse uh, for everyone. Yeah. And I think it's so easy just to throw a hashtag out there on social media and just say, you know, lacrosse is for everyone, you know, include everyone, educate yourself. But unless there are these steps taken to actually put this in place, um, then there's nothing really behind those hashtags. Mm -hmm. And this clearly here shows that there is going to be this initiative to, you know, obviously one, honor the the indigenous roots of the game of lacrosse inclusions involved that's one of the pillars as well that everyone feels welcome whether it be at a game or at a at a camp um throughout just not just the nll but all of lacrosse and and then service as well a big thing a part of the community and and really getting that community feel so you mentioned it uh, this is no surprise this is something that jessica berman like you said since day one has really wanted to do something and she's put a lot of work into making this happen and it's really cool that we're finally seeing it and we're going to finally see um you know this all roll out and really turn that hashtag into a reality yeah uh, every helmet will be uh posted up with an every child matters uh sticker deco logo that kurt sires and the thunderbirds created um so so that's kind of the first thing people will notice um but as the season goes on, there'll be more and more activations that they do. Um, but again, we're efforting Jessica Berman. We're kind of just trying to find a time, but hopefully she'll be with us next week on the show and we can go into more um, in depth on this. But you mentioned, and, and we've talked about it, we're a week away from the National Lacrosse League season kicking off. We still have uh, one more weekend of camp to go through. Uh, we've got some, you know, some scrimmages, a couple practices, but Vancouver and Calgary will have an exhibition game uh, at the Saddle Dome. So this will be a big test. There'll be fans uh, in the building. Um, it will kind of be the first real normalcy uh, for National Cross League players. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the things that, you know, players are looking forward to the most. And yeah, it's not going to be a full crowd. It's not going to be your normal, um, you know, stamp, uh, your normal rough rider, uh, rough rider. Wow. You almost called them stampeders. And then you said the rough rider. I know. Get off cool Pre- bet, man. Focus. It's preseason for us too. <laughs> um, but no, it's not going to be your normal saddle dome crowd. Like it's going to be, uh, but still for a lot of these players, they haven't played in front of people for a long time. Even if they played in, you know, the MSL classic or some of these double WLA events, or even some of these guys that were playing junior, there's very small crowds there. So this is going to be the biggest you're playing in a big building again. It's not like, you know, at, at the Langley event center or at, um, the track, like, so it's getting closer. And I think that's one thing that Halifax wanted to do with the, the purple versus orange game. Yes. You're playing against your teammates. Uh, but still you get that feel of, of getting back into the building, but you cannot replicate what it will be like on opening night. It's completely different. Yes. It's good to get those jitters out, but you can't, you just, you cannot, you know, um, you've been on an NLL opening day roster before. Um, anytime you run out of the tunnel, I'm sure you get those feelings, but for game one, it's got to feel different. 
and we'll get the the debut of the brand new turf uh, in Calgary. Um, I don't they name it like I know the Swarm have their field is often named, but it's not like WestJet Field or anything. That's just kind of WestJet colors. That's a great question. That's something that we probably should know or probably will find out. But I know that uh, it's pretty obvious by just looking at it that WestJet is yeah. involved with the color of the turf. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think we're going to, I don't know if we're going to see more teams necessarily, you know, go this route and change their turf color. But I think more teams are going to use this as an opportunity to get some branding yeah. um, and some sponsorship money. And, and, and kudos to the Roughnecks and to WestJet for for making this deal say what you will about the the smurf turf if you like it or not um this is a very innovative way to get more revenue into the pockets of the owners into the pockets of the teams into the pockets of the players and ultimately mm-hmm. at the end of the day um you know the more revenue that's brought in the better it is for the nll we've seen teams sort you know change the end zone the end zone air quote colors um kind of go towards their more team colors um, but uh, as Steve Burmel put it, it's kind of NHL 93. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when he said that, when I saw him say that, that that's pretty spot on. I'm not going to be able to uh, unsee to get it. that on my head. But you know what? It, it's when, when the Roughnecks did this, they said it was going to be something we'd never seen in the sport before. And it was something we'd never seen in the National Cross League before. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Just kind of is what it is. Um, the opening game of the NL season on TSN will be Toronto and Albany. Uh, two teams, very familiar with each other, but brand new locales. Brett Manny has played in many of these battles. And he did a little coaching to start off training camp. We break it all down with Brett Manny of the Albany Firewolves right here on the Off the Crossbar podcast. Joined now by maybe the first ever Reg Dunlop of the National Lacrosse League, uh, Brett Manny of... The Albany Firewolves. Big man, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for, thanks for the intro. Uh, we'll get into that, but uh, it's American Thanksgiving week. Uh, you're in Philadelphia. How's things? How's the family? Yeah, thanks for asking. Fam's great. Uh, I'm going to go to my mother-in-law's house. Uh, she lives in South Jersey. Have a nice little Thanksgiving meal there. Watch a little trains, planes, and automobiles uh have some good food have a spirit or two um and really try to relax and spend some time with the family um looking forward to it is plane trains and automobiles a family tradition in the manny household it, it is it is teddy it is a big tradition i mean when you have steve martin and john candy you know rp john uh two beauties comedians uh that is a, a manny family staple for thanksgiving it comedy it's drama phenomenal plot John Hughes, the director, does great things. So uh, if anyone has not seen it, I I highly recommend it. Absolutely. Um, We mentioned the Reg Dunlop thing. Um, People (laughs) didn't really know or hear about it. The first weekend you guys had camps, your coaches weren't able to get across the border uh, just because of everything that was going on. So you and a few other of the veterans uh, had to step up and kind of lead that first camp. How did that go? Because after not being in a box for almost two years, uh, a ton of new faces, probably many that you didn't even know who they were. Um, how did that go for you? And how did the players kind of receive that with you kind of running things? Yeah, I mean, I, I was joking around with a lot of guys, uh, Canadians and, and past teammates at 
think it might have been the first time ever an American-born player kind of led a, uh, a training camp. So <laughs> I kind of wore that with a badge of honor. And uh, I am just very fortunate enough that, A, we have a, a great coaching staff that kind of told us this might might have been happening seven to ten, 10 days out from the training camp and issues with the, the P1 visas and stuff like that. So they did a great job a couple of days beforehand of running down what the schedule was and what we had to do and the different drills and making sure that, uh, you know, myself, Joe Resiteris, John LaFontaine and Riley O'Connor kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into. Um, so, you know, kudos to those guys for being prepared. And then second to the, the leadership group from being able to, to step forward and, and lead as well. And uh, everyone being on the same page and, I was just so impressed. We have such a phenomenal group of guys that um, they just listen. And I think when, when you're out of the game for, for 18 months, uh, yeah, like you're, you're happy to see the guys and you're extremely thrilled. But, you know, when I was saying, hey, we're doing this drill or now we're going into this and then we're breaking it down, like guys are just nodding their head and going into the drill. There's no one really messing around or screwing around. Uh, you know, like when you were playing sports as a young kid, your coach wasn't there. People took, took it off or, or they acted differently. We have a great group of guys that were mature. They handled it uh, with the utmost respect to myself and the, the other fellow leaders there. And I couldn't have been more pleased how that first weekend went uh, from how we literally went about it as business when easily one or two guys could have just wrote it off. Uh, we got better after that first weekend. Teddy mentioned that there were some some new faces and there's obviously a couple of faces that have been around the organization for a few years that weren't there. Steph LeBlanc and Callum Crawford, obviously two pieces uh, that you've lost uh, that are key contributors, especially on the offensive side of the ball from the last couple of years. Besides that, though, a good chunk of this core returns, but for whatever reason, it seems like a lot of people, whether it be in the media or social media, aren't really pegging you guys uh, to have, you know, a repeat of what happened last season where you guys were at the top of the NLL and the hottest team in the league. Are you guys kind of happy that it's going that way? Because talking with the coaching staff in years past, it seems that, you know, you guys have really embraced the role of uh, underdog and when teams or players or, you know, members of the media are doubting you guys, that's when you really thrive. Yeah, Pat, I feel like uh, back when we first moved originally to uh, the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, uh, everyone was kind of always doubting us. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been the case with this team over the last six to seven years. So uh, whether we've got superstars that have come on or, or very good guys, talented guys who have, who have left us, no one's ever pegged uh, us as like, hey, they're going to be one of the top two teams when it's all said and done. And and that's OK. Um, I, I'm totally OK with with working hard and and we got to earn that respect at the end of the day, too. What we did in 2020 was, as we mentioned, was was 20 months ago. And, you know, a lot has changed uh, within the team and guys. And um, I, I think what we were able to do is and you know, hats off to Glenn Clark. He's got a bunch of guys that, you know, I feel like embody the way he was as a player that are just tough, hard-nosed guys, don't care about points, and all they care about is doing everything they can to win a game. And, you know, kudos to him and the coaching staff and the front office for putting together a team of guys with, you know, no egos and an incredible locker room and that just fight, claw, scratch, and do whatever we got to do to win games. Um, and I think that's what's important is the, the mentality and the leadership that's in that locker room 
And uh, the way that that translates over onto the floor is very important. So, yeah, I think he's got a lot of guys who've always played with chips on their shoulder. It doesn't matter what your name is, but, you know, how you win at the end of the day. And I think that's what's really important with our team. You guys have a, a huge physical defense, and, and that's one of the one things I like about your group. But you also have guys that love to run the floor. How important is Glenn Clark stressing the transition game for you guys as this league continues to progress towards that really fast-flowing defensive style? Yeah, I, I think about when I first came into the league and some of those defenses of old, like the, the Portlands and some of these other ones that were just kind of like these monsters, but they were almost statues. They didn't move much. And, you know, the game has got a, a lot faster and quicker. And uh, I think our defense kind of resembles that, is that you have a lot of really athletic guys that can move, can get the ball down the floor. And, you know, mathematically, it's a lot easier to score when it's a four on three, it's a three on two, it's a two on one. So uh, I'm not saying that it's going to be me every time that that's going to be shooting the ball down there. But if I could get my butt down the floor, some other guys, even just to set picks, create space and give guys a lot cleaner looks in transition because we all know that there are some very good defenses. It's very hard to score five on five. So if we're able to get some, some easier looks in that transition game, and we also do have very good guys coming out of the back end that can score the Chachowskis with Wadi, Jackson Nishimura, Adam Bomberry. I mean, the list goes on and on that can put the ball in the back and that makes us dangerous and, you know, makes the team think, wow, like not only do I have to stop them five on five, but they have guys coming down the floor with speed, that can put the ball in the back of the net, and that's dangerous. And if you got Dougie behind you making their saves, it makes everyone's live a lot easier as well. Well, I think you can't bring up your guys' transition without talking about a guy in Tony Malcolm who jumped into a, a new position. Uh, what was it like seeing the progression of his game um, from the back door, you know, you playing alongside him? Yeah, I would say, Pat, that uh, one guy that kind of left us who had like a career year was David Brock and, and Tony Malcolm came in and exceeded all expectations, stepped right in that role. He was he was putting a get together a, a hell of a year and there in 2020. He's fast. He's coachable. Uh, he gets up the floor so fast and he's great on Lucy's as well. So I love the guy. Um, he's a great teammate. He listens to you. He wants to get better. And, you know, I don't think he really gets a lot of respect that he deserves because he's a hell of an athlete, a uh, great lacrosse player. And, you know, he only makes our team better. And he's one of kind of like those unknown in a way transition guys that, uh, you know, is, is a focal point of not only our defense, but should be on everyone else's scouting reports as well for how dangerous he is between the lines. Uh, you, you mentioned Dougie. Um, when I was at the NLO media day in Vancouver the other weekend, the the talk of the, the camp was that Dougie's lost a good chunk of weight um, for a guy that was at the top of his game and goalie of the year and, and everything that he was doing for him to come in with that kind of commitment to lose that kind of weight. How impressive was it to see like the difference in Dougie as a person and as a goalie? Yeah, well, the 2020 was the first time that Dougie kind of had like the starting role with us and, and didn't have to worry about like, hey, I'm splitting time or am I winning this out? Like it was his job. And, you know, he had a hell of a year. Um, and he's the type of goalie that you love standing in front of. You love soaking shots for him because he really appreciates it. He's not one of these guys. It's like, oh, whatever. He'll come to you at the media timeout or at the end of the quarter at halftime and thank you for doing what you did because that could have been a goal. Uh, I've been with many goalies that don't, they almost like expect you just to do those things. <laughs> and he actually appreciates it and lets it be known that you do that. And 
that matters, uh, you know, to, to guys that are on your team. So from what he did a couple of years ago, you love playing in front of him. And yeah, he did lose a lot of weight and that showed his commitment to us um, and to this team. And to be honest, like I was, you're because of the way that he played, you're worried that, oh, maybe he needed to carry a few extra pounds uh, because of how big he is and it makes him hard to score. But I'm telling you, he, he got quicker. And some of those things that you might've thought were, uh, his weaknesses, he's, he's improved upon it. He, he looks healthy. He looks great. Um, and he's obviously our anchor back there and the franchise goalie that, that can be there for the next 10 to 15 years. And he only got better, which is, is scarier for uh, opposing offenses. A guy I'm really looking forward to seeing take the next step is, is Mike Byrne. And I had the opportunity to coach him in his first year of junior. And honestly, he is, I don't have favorites, but he is one of the most coachable and respectful kids that I have ever had the opportunity off the floor, just always smiling, just happy to be around the boys. And actually talking to Clem Durazio, he said he is having a phenomenal camp so far. Do you think he's ready to take that next step and, and be a contributor on that defense this year? Yeah, Pat, I think about, uh, about him and Berno and, and how he has progressed over the years and, uh, he's a guy that, that probably can't grow a mustache like you or if it did, it would probably <laughs> take him about a year, but, uh, cause he's got that like kid look to his face, but he just plays so hard. He competes, he scraps, uh, he does all these little things that you love as a, as a, a teammate. And, you know, for some, for people that are watching the game, you don't always know, but for the 20 guys that suit up every night, you appreciate his effort and how scrappy he plays. And, you know, coming out of that first weekend, I would say that he, uh, him and, and probably one other guy had our the best weekend out of anyone that really kind of stood out. So I'm hoping that, you know, he continues to improve and, and that he gets a fair shot. But I like everything that he brings on the floor. Um, and he's obviously a great guy that you don't need to worry about anything he does off the floor. Uh, he's such a great kid. He's got a good, good hard work ethic. And, you know, he kind of buys into the type of team that we are. Um, we're going to hop into the power play. We got 10 questions, rapid fire, quick thoughts, whatever comes to your mind, just shoot them out. I'll go first. Um, greatest thing you've ever eaten. Ooh, uh, I would say, uh, a Steve's Prince of steak steak here in Philadelphia. Good call. Good call. Well, this one kind of ties in your favorite NLL city to visit besides Philly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the, 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 I, if it wasn't on the other side of the country, it's the only downfall of it is Vancouver. It's beautiful. I was telling someone about uh, Vancouver earlier today, just with the mountains and the city and the water. Um, I think Vancouver is a, a phenomenal place. Uh, what's the most outrageous lie your parents ever told you as a kid? <laughs> Very bizarre. Uh, even living in Philadelphia, you guys might think this is weird. I don't like cheese, but literally every time when I was a kid, my mom would try to sneak it in because when she was making dinner for us, she wasn't going to not make a portion of it without cheese. So if it was a casserole or anything else, she uh, knew right away. I'm like, mom, there's cheese. And then she'd be like, no, there's not cheese. I swear. I swear. So she tried to get cheese on me almost every time as a kid, uh, making that lie up. Uh, it was pretty unbelievable. <laughs> worst dresser on the team oh worst dresser on the team man it's hard to like sewer a guy like that um <laughs> do it just do it god probably joe resiteris still needs some help i love resi he, he needs a little bit of help he just kind of throws you can tell he just throws it on before he walks out the door so maybe joey res 
<laughs> toughest one-on-one matchup in the NLL for you? You know, I, I would say, God, there's some very good individual one-on-one guys, um, you know, like uh, a Dane Smith, um, you know, he, he comes off the, the top of my head right away uh, that like are extremely quick and fast, but really I feel like the guys you need to watch out for the most of the, or the off ball players. And I would, I would say guy that I, I can't think of one off the top of my head right away, but I'm glad this guy's on our team now. But every time I played him was Jordan Durston. Um, I always had to make sure I knew where he was uh, without the ball in his stick. Cause he was just, he kept her head on a swivel. So um, he's on my team that he's on my team now. And I'm very fortunate. Uh, and I can't think of a guy on an opposing team, but, um, and I've had great battles with guys, but I would say maybe jo- Jordan Durston. And actually, if I'll give you one guy one-on-one and I'd love to play against him, um, is Lyle Thompson. Go to pregame meal. Go to pregame meal, uh, kind of anything with like, uh, like chicken in it, you know, chicken, if it's like some sort of rice or, uh, like a light salad. I don't like to eat a ton before the game, but uh, I am known to have some some greasy hands around like the Sour Patch Kids or Swedish fish <laughs> on the table right outside the locker room. So I got a sweet tooth. Uh, yeah, that's that's always a – I always find myself driving by that table a few times per game. Um, I was going to ask you the best Philly cheesesteak to go to, but you're obviously not a cheese guy. So um, it is Thanksgiving. What's the one-two side dish that you have to have? Mashed potatoes. Um, and I would say I like stuffing, so mashed potatoes and stuffing are, are go-tos for sure. Great choice. Uh, best chirper in the league. Wow. Uh, Jordan Durston on our team has some good chirps. <laughs> um, I'll go back. Riley O'Connor will have some good chirps. There's a lot of really good guys in our locker room with good chirps towards each other, which I think makes our locker room really special. Um, uh, that's, that's really about, about it. Like, I mean, there's not as many guys who chirp as there were before when I first came into the league. Um, but yeah, I can't, it's, it's been a while. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a couple on our team. I'll say, uh, last one for me, most you've won or lost at a casino. Ooh, you know, Atlantic city is only about an hour away. From <laughs> so it could be a little bit dangerous. Uh, I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise that we weren't allowed to gamble at the Mohegan sun. Um, you know, it's only, it's only been a couple hundred. I've been, I've, I've been pretty smart that I've gone into every time a casino, I've had a hard number where I'm going to stop at winning and a hard number where I'm going to stop at losing. So for me, probably like, Maybe I would say off time a four or five hundred American, which might be a little bit heftier for you guys. Seven fifty Canadian on the exchange rate, uh, but yeah, that's dollar stinks right now. Yeah, the dollar's not too high, but that's what I would, that's what I would say. Uh, last one for me as well. Favorite sport besides lacrosse? Basketball. I love hoops. Uh, it's my first love. Um, it was funny, like when I actually went to University of Delaware and would come back to high school, people thought I was playing basketball at Delaware and not lacrosse. Um, something I, I, I share a lot with John LaFontaine. He's a big hoopster. We're roommates with the uh, Firewolves together. So we're always talking about hoops. Um, and it's the best off-season workout, in my opinion. I, I play like once a week, kind of leading up to the season because there's so many similarities. So big hoops guy. Um you mentioned the, the Mohegan Sun Casino. What's been the biggest difference between 
the ownership group and how this organization has been run, you know, in 2020 when you're up there. And, and now that you're, you're in Albany, you're in the capital, you're, you're with Oliver Marty and George Manas. Like this is a completely differently run organization. What's the change been like? Yeah, I think with the Mohegan, you know, we were just like uh, a part of everything that they had going on. Obviously, um, they, they have this huge organization. It's a well-run machine, but they had concerts that would be there the night before. And then they're flipping over for us and they had the WNBA team. So sometimes I felt like that we got lost within the shuffle. And at Albany, it seems like, you know, hey, like you guys are the show. You know, we're bringing people to you and we want you guys to be the main attraction here on Friday and Saturday nights and, and not kind of be like an afterthought. So I think the, the attention and um, everything that they've been doing on the, on the back end to really make it a first class experience by here's what, here's your meals. This is when you're going to do this. Here's when the bus picks you up. Like it's pretty, pretty detail oriented. Um, and the attention to detail does not go unnoticed with the guys. So I think they really want to kind of treat it like, Hey, Albany is our show. And, uh, you know, it comes down to us performing and, and winning games for that capital region. You're an American-born player, so how cool has it been to see the growth of the game of box lacrosse just even since you started to pick up the game? Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, you know, do I, I, do I wish selfishly that there were more Americans in the league? Yes. It was kind of weird. I think there was a there's a gap there of, of guys that are like over the age of 30 that are Americans. And then there's like a younger gap. Um, so, but I can tell you like firsthand myself and Kevin and Kevin Crowley and, and Kevin Crowley, and Steve Holmes run a box organization in Philadelphia. And so do I. And I think when we both started, you know, if you look at five years ago, we each only had about four or five teams. Now we each have about 10 teams. Um, and there's girls programs. Like we have a girl, we have a couple girls teams, they have girls teams. So to see it within the Philadelphia region and North Jersey and uh, Long Island, Connecticut, you know, and everyone is branching out and playing box. It just shows you like it is the best way for off season training. I mean, we do a lot of our box in the wintertime. So really from about now till February is the box season uh, here in America. And, you know, it grows every day. And I just think that it, it is powerful. And it's one thing I always tell people that I really wish I would have played box when I was younger. Uh, it would have made me only a better field player. The game, the field game comes a lot easier. It's a lot slower for me now. And even if I had the opportunity when, when I was in college to go spend a summer up in, in Vancouver or Victoria, uh, or even like, uh, up in outside Toronto, I think would have been, would have been incredible. Um, and that's what I try to advise a lot of younger kids to do now. What did it mean to you, Brett, to, to be named captain of the U S box team? Oh, it, it, I think it's kind of like a, a validation and, and a lot of pride that, you know, you get to do that and lead a bunch of guys that, you know, look at them on the field side are some of the best field players in the world from, from Rambo to blaze to um, you know, my, my friend, Greg Downing and Chris O'Doherty. And there's a lot of really good guys that are also incredible leaders that are on that team as well. So to be able to kind of lead those guys in the battle and, um, you know, wear that being a, a captain of a team and more, more importantly, your country uh, and knowing you have daunting tasks ahead of you, knowing that there's Canada and the, there's the Iroquois there as well. Um, yeah, it's an honor and something that, that I'll never forget and um, something that you, you look as it's not like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be the captain of this team, but you kind of look at it as, as making it better than what it was the last time you were. I was fortunate enough to be on a, on a USA team before and try to make it better than that experience and leave your mark and, and hope that, you know, everyone takes it as serious that, that I did. And I think 
you know, hopefully that's going to continue to grow in the future. I got, I got one more for him, Patty, and then I'll let you fire off. Um, my nephew Hudson was just at the NXT showcase. Um, yep. And uh, you guys do an incredible job um, putting that event on. Um, how big an event really is that? And how important is it, is it for these young kids to be on a spot like that, spotlight like that and, and be recognized by all these coaches? Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I do uh, these, I call it Manny's man after like we do these showcases and Hudson was my best defender oh. in five class. So he's a lefty. He's great off the ground, can play LSM, can play close D. Uh, I like how versatile he is. Uh, it takes great angles. Doesn't seem to get too, too phased by much. So uh, quick note. So he, he's got a bright future. Um, and I know he's at WRA uh, in Ohio, but yeah, there's this event that we just ran. Um, fortunate enough that Nike's a partner of ours. So, you know, there, there's 660 kids from all over the country, obviously British Columbia to uh, there's kids from New Brunswick and all south is Florida and Texas. But uh, it's cool to kind of be able to have a full time job where you're running across events and these showcases in front of all these college coaches. And um, we have an incredible team that is so professional and organized and our communication's great. So when these kids come to the event, they have swooshes all over their bodies. And, uh, you know, there's Bill Tierney on the sideline watching them. I mean, it's a once in a lifetime kind of experience to play in front of what could be 30, 40 coaches on a field at any given time. Um, and we're the ones that are kind of behind the scenes running it is very cool. And, and I'm very fortunate enough that we're able to do that. And uh, company I work for, it's called Next. And, you know, you're very lucky that there's times where you, you can say, hey, you help change someone's life. Um, through what you're doing as a living. So if we have a great product, then that can lead to a kid getting recruited and uh, making some lifelong memories. So very fortunate in that regard. And uh, what we get to do running these events could, could help change young men and young women's lives for the future. Yeah, just one more thing and sticking with the, the theme of, of the growth of lacrosse, all lacrosse at that matter. How huge is it now that, you know, the National Lacrosse League is going to be on ESPN and then even news coming out this week that the PLL uh, is probably going to find themselves on the, the mothership? Yeah, I think what we ha uh, have been accustomed to is everything has to be at our fingertips. So the fact that, you know, you can have like an ESPN app and then go to ESPN plus and be able to watch a game is huge without having to log into some special account or do something like this. You know, ESPN is the name of the game down here, um, you know, in the States and what they're able to do from their professionalism and their production is second to none. So to be able to do that and hopefully with that comes like incredible broadcasting crews. And I know you guys both have experience within like the media side that matters, like people that know what they're talking about. Um, and I think that's what it, our, our game needs uh, in the game of lacrosse and getting out there in front of people, because really I, I'm hoping that it's just a trailer and it gives people a taste that are not familiar with it. It's one of those sports where it's a lot better to watch in real life. But if you get someone and you soak them in through like them watching it on ESPN that they want to go to a game, then that's a win. Because once you're in a game, like it, it's it, it's one of the best live sporting events. As we all know, like I watch I can watch football at my couch any day of the week and have a nice cold pint next to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm a OK when it's 35 degrees outside. I'd rather sit there and watch the Eagles than be at the game and freeze my ass off. So but the NLL is a different story uh, being there in person. But. Um, you know, that ESPN deal and what it could do for the game of lacrosse is, is a game changer. And 
I'm very fortunate enough that that our owners within our league um, were able to make that happen. And it's a huge commitment. And I'm, I'm hoping that it pays off in the long run. Um, have you worked off all the pasta you ate in Italy? <laughs> oh, man, uh, that was quite, quite the trip. I, I, the other day was the first time I had Italian since then, uh, because I just didn't want to wreck it how, good it, how good it was, all the food that was there. So I was very fortunate enough that me and my wife, we were so spoiled being, uh, being in Rome in the Amalfi Coast. What an awesome place. Uh, Brett, this was awesome, man. Appreciate your time. Uh, you guys opened up the season in Toronto. Two teams that are very familiar with each other in new locales. It'll be on TSN. Uh, can't wait to see you there, my man. Best of luck this season. Yeah, Teddy and Pat, thank you guys. Thank you for all you do for the game, your hard work and commitment to growing the game. And it uh, doesn't go uh, you know, unnoticed by, by a lot of us out there. So thank you for all you do and your commitment. And um, you know, best of luck to you guys moving forward as well. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. See you guys. Take care, Brett. Best of luck. That's Brett Manny of the Albany Firewolves. Uh, Yeah, he had a good time on the Malfi Coast. He's hanging with family. Um, It's a good time to be Brett Manny. And uh, it's a good time if you're secured on a national lacrosse league roster. But some guys are still in limbo, Patty. And we're seeing some very notable names get the axe and the red slip in the locker and all that stuff. But I'm more surprised at how quickly some of these guys are getting snatched up. And last week we talked about Matthew Boisano getting cut. Um, we talked about Travis Longboat getting cut. And literally by the time we had pressed publish on our podcast, <laughs> yeah. both Longboat and Boisano were signed by the seals. So yeah, uh, there's a lot of guys, you know, and we kind of expected this, but it's interesting to see because of I, I, it's got to be because of the double draft class, how many new bodies are in, but we're seeing guys that are very talented finding themselves on the outside looking in. Yeah. And another name brought up as well, Pete Dubinsky mm, also yeah. dropped from Halifax and then immediately picked back up by uh, Saskatchewan, obviously a team that, one of the bigger storylines that I think isn't really getting talked about is the fact that the uncertainty in between the pipes. Well, now you pick up a guy that obviously is a proven backup and they feel familiar with him. But uh, to go back on your point, I 100% think it has a lot to do with the fact that those that double rookie class just it, it is really throwing in a wrench to a lot of the plans, you know, for these GMs. And I, I I wish there was a way that, and maybe this is something that comes about the next time the, the CBA is, is brought up uh, at the end of the season that these GMs are able to draft guys and not have to lose them right away. Yeah. Um, because of Matthew Boissonneau is a, a perfect example. Um, this is his first camp. They drafted him, you know, two seasons, two seasons ago or, or two drafts ago um, has a first, you know, go with, uh, you know, with, with the riptide, obviously maybe didn't have a great camp. Uh, they let him go. Maybe they think like, okay, we'll get, let him go. Maybe he'll play a little bit of arena lacrosse and then we'll pick him back up. Well, no, nope, almost within moments, yeah. San Diego jumps all over him and who knows, maybe he's, you know, hangs on with San Diego. Maybe he gets released again and someone else picks him yeah. up. Who knows? Like th- this is just a vicious cycle that we're going to see Jake McNabb. Yeah. Um, he was dropped picked up by Rochester and then now dropped again. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I think this is where the ALL needs to really become sort of that farm system. And if there's a way for a guy to be drafted and say, hey, we still want you to be a part of our program, but we want you to play ALL, we can send you to the ALL and you can kind of grow one of the system and still be our property, or we can release you and you can try your hand somewhere else. I think, I think that would be a great route for teams to be able to hold on to these players for a year or two and still, you know, not lose their, not lose their rights. It, it definitely needs to be something that, that is discussed and talked about because we're still going to have, you know, next year is going to be a, a, essentially a double rookie class. And the year after that is going to be a double. And then we're going to have one more after that, I think. So there are going to be a lot of young guys that are talented enough to be in this league that just keep finding themselves on the outside looking in. And there should be a way that these teams can hold on to those players other than just putting them on a draft list. But that's just because, you know, they've gone back to school. Exactly. And that, that's the thing there's got, I, I maybe, maybe that's right. Maybe it's for a year. You you're mm-hmm. able to be put on that draft list and play in arena lacrosse and maybe, or, you know, Maybe you can't get called up once you're on that draft list or it has to be some sort of emergency. So that way you're still utilizing your practice roster rather than guys that are just, you know, on, uh, you know, in your system. I don't know. It just, it, 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 there definitely needs to be a way because I do totally agree. It, it kind of, it doesn't reward general managers for doing a good job by yeah. drafting good players. Um, they're just going to lose guys and and teams are just going to pick up those guys and, uh, find ways to keep them, um, whether they bury them on a practice roster. So a guy that could get cut, they just weren't able to, to cut it. They get cut, a team picks them up, and then they just put them on their practice roster, and they end up playing arena lacrosse anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just unfortunate the other team that originally had them had no space on their practice yeah. roster. Um, Curtis Romancic uh, released from the Rock, but then quickly picked up uh, by Albany. Uh, Owen Russell released by the Georgia Swarm. Reese Eddy released by the Swarm. So um, Curtis Conley released by Colorado quickly picked up by the Albany Firewolves. So if you're a general manager and you're still undecided heading into this last week, there are some names out there. Um, Is there one maybe that surprised you more than most? Well, I think obviously with, with my ties to Halifax, Ethan Riggs Mm. being released from the active roster. I don't want to say him being released from the active roster was a surprise. The fact that we didn't see him released and then signed to the practice roster right away is something that was surprising to me. I think he's a guy that is very raw. Um, His ceiling is super high. Is he ready to make the the jump to the National Lacrosse League? I don't know right now. Um, And also on that defense, I don't know where he, who he jumps. And obviously it shows that maybe he's not ready, but the fact that he wasn't signed to that practice roster right away is certainly concerning for, you know, his future with the team. Maybe he is going to just eventually sign that practice roster spot and we're just galaxy braining ourselves right now. Um, But if in fact he does, you know, end up walking from Halifax, you gotta assume that someone's going to take a stab at him Uh, a big huge body a guy that you know doesn't have a ton of experience at a high level um, but has grown his game very quickly and every time he steps to the next level he continues to only get better but like I said 
maybe tomorrow we wake up, we hit refresh on the transaction page and he's signed to the practice roster. Yeah. And this conversation is all for nothing, but <laughs> I was just surprised this happened yeah. before the final weekend of training camp. Um, let's focus on the Georgia swarm real quickly here. Uh, Lane Ruska put on the protected list and the protected practice player list. Um, so that kind of means that Craig Wendy is going to be the backup to Mikey Poulin. Uh, the Swarm also placing Jeff Henrik uh, on the IR, so he's going to miss some time. Um, John Arlotta talked a lot about this uh, with Jake on last class this week. If you haven't heard it, it's a great interview. Go check it out. But mm -hmm. he also mentioned no miles, and that's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, no miles, and uh, I believe no Zach Miller as mm -hmm. well, too. And he didn't go into great details or anything, what it was about, just said due to COVID and what's going on right now. So those are two players with a lot of experience that will not, uh, and I say a lot of experience. I know we haven't seen much of Miller, but we've seen a lot more of him than some of the other guys mm -hmm. that it sounds like will be, you know, on that roster and boy, there's a lot of offensive talent that that is not going to be there. Yes. You arguably have their two best players returning anyways in Shane Jackson and Lyle Thompson. And you still have Jordan Hall, uh, Brendan Bomberry's jumping into an offensive role, but some guys that are going to be coming in the fold, Tanner Buck, Ethan Walker, um, Thomas, Thomas Semple, Semple. Yeah. Some really good emerging young talent, uh, but these are going to are guys that I think if you had this conversation with us maybe six months ago, a year ago, we would think maybe with the exception of maybe Walker, uh, these guys being on practice roster or staying within the organization and then jumping into the fold in a year or two. Now they're going to be thrown right into the fire. Yeah. Um, luckily for them, they have a great core, like I mentioned with with uh, Jackson and and. And Lyle, I think those guys are going to be really leaned on heavily more than they have in the past uh, to put more points up. Um, but, you know, if you're a young lefty in the league, who better to learn than, than from Shane Jackson, a guy that started, we talked to him, you know, just a week ago today, um, a guy that started in intermediate for two years and kind of really worked his way up and a guy like Lyle Thompson, uh, you know, arguably the best player on the planet. So these guys are going to have good young or a good veteran presence to learn from. Um, but it's going to be one of those things where they're thrown in the pool with no life vest on, no water wings, and they're going to have to just learn how to swim. Um, we're going to get to, to box bets in a minute. But when we were talking with Brett Manning, we talked about, you know, the evolution of more Americans playing the indoor game. And one position that is starting to see more guys make the transition indoors is the D-midi position, position. And TJ Camizzo, uh, Ryan Tarafenko, and Danny Logan are three guys that don't have a lot of or if much box experience at all under their belts. But they are perfectly built for the indoor game. And I think we're going to start to see this position translate into more NLL transition D tranny guys that are built for the NLL game. I think when you see a huge, strong athletic midfielders, coaches start, you know, foaming at the mouth. 
Um, but at the end of the day, those guys are more of offensive midi. So it's going to be a little more of a challenge unless they are a, a two-way midi or a guy that, you know, maybe played some defensive midi um, in, in past, but that's going to be a hard learning curve for them to, to figure out the two man game, uh, figure out even just the five on five aspect uh, of the game with guys that are D middies. Uh, it's just, it's such a, a much more natural transition. Yes. It's still going to be difficult. Uh, but especially in the PLL, the more amount of, uh, you know, that box hybrid that we see, uh, the two man games, the picks and the rolls, those D middies are usually the ones that are involved there. So they're already starting to get used to it. Um, and I mean, if you play a couple of games against the chaos, you're basically, you know, playing a hybrid box uh, against a hybrid box offense. Anyways, uh, Zach Goodrich is a guy that I really thought we were going to, you know, see this year with Albany, I believe due to some work commitments, He's not going to be able to at least start the year. So that's another guy that was drafted really early in 2020. I believe he was the last pick in the first round. Klein Clark and Clem Durazio and the then New England Black Wolves were super high on him. And I think he was the first big name that we saw teams yeah. dip into the D-Midi pool. Now we're seeing it a lot more often, and I think we're going to see it even more. Yeah, it's... They said it's a very interesting position when you can find those natural American born athletes that are just physical specimens that just love to beat people up and just grind on guys. Um, they're just made for the indoor game. And if you're yeah. right, if they can pick up that two man game, they can figure out, you know, there's little intricacies of playing in that system. Um, they're just incredible athletes that should be able to pick it up right away. Um, so that's definitely something that we need to be keeping an eye on, not just this year, but down the road as well. Yeah. And I think the, the well, just for one example and, and you know, watching Ryan Tarafanko um, in camp, uh, it was their first practice. So literally his first practice of box lacrosse with the exception of, uh, of Ohio state doing their own hybrid practices uh, of box lacrosse um, first couple of reps were pretty scary. I'm not going to lie. Like he, you could tell he was lost, but yeah. the rep after that and after that, and you could just see the the wheels were churning in his head. And next thing you know, he picked it up always, you know, was chatting with Graham Haas, chatting with other guys, really picking it up. And he really started to get more and more comfortable. So yes, being a freak athlete helps that that's something that, that is Obviously, you can't teach that. But another thing you can't teach is being that quick learner, having the, the high lacrosse IQ. And yes, it's not box lacrosse IQ, but if, if you can be a quick learner, that is also massive as well because these GMs have a tough call. Okay, he has a ton of potential. We love him. We think he's going to do well, but is he going to learn quick enough where we can waste a roster spot on him? Yeah. And the other thing is, in, in the National Lacrosse League, there's not a ton of practices. And for some of these guys that are American, it might be tough for them to, you know, for an example, a team like Toronto that practices Tuesday nights in Oakville, if that guy can come across the border and learn. So it, it is a real, that's going to be the difficult part is if these guys can pick up on it. And I think the guys that we have listed, not only are they great D-Middies, uh, freak athletes, good stick, can battle for loose balls on the ground but they also are very smart players, which I yeah. think is going to be massive as well. 
just another reason why we need to have that farm system in place where we can allow these guys to go there yes. and still play yes. and, and continue to grow. And I think Dylan Ward was the one who said that instead of putting these kids on draft lists or just cutting them, just send them for a season to stay at the rock pile up in Toronto and play in the ALL or send them out West. Um, time now to check on the polar bear. It's box bets times. <laughs> hey, we're having a good day, lads. And uh, we're still in the mix, baby. <laughs> Time now for Box Bets, your source for all the lines, odds, and props across the NLL. Brought to you by CoolBet.com. Stay cool, bet responsibly. Um, may the odds be ever in your favor. All right, Patty, uh, this week, the National Lacrosse League, as we mentioned, re- announced the return of the Alterna Cup. And your boys over at CoolBet have some odds. Early favorite. No surprise to Halifax Thunderbirds. I still say the Calgary Roughnecks are being so underrepped in this that plus 2,500 is super juicy. I mean, if you throw 10 bucks on Calgary to win the Alterna Cup, not the NLL Cup, yeah, just the not the Cup. West, just the Alterna Cup, 10 bucks wins you 250. I think bar none. That is the best value. So for my box bet this week, I'm going with the Calgary Roughnecks um, at plus 2,500. That's a Mm no-brainer. Looking at the board as well, obviously myself, Halifax, but at plus 110, there's just not enough value for me to make that an official box bet. So I'm going to go down just a little bit down the board there. And I'm actually going to go with the Toronto Rock at plus 200. So a little more value there. Uh, Again, though, the the no brainer i don't want to call it a lock because it's not a lock but it's a no brainer beautiful value play is calgary if you're giving me these odds with christian delbianco in between the pipes and curtis dixon in clutch situations um down the stretch the ball in his stick at this value i have to take it yeah, it's it's as that is my box bet. That is an absolute no brainer. I am a thousand percent hammering that indeed. Um, but we also got some other box bets news. Um, we're kind of partnering up with your boys. Yeah, so we're excited. Obviously, as we talked last week, um, you know, we're heavily leaning into the National Lacrosse League. Um, lacrosse, as you know. It is one of Canada's official games, and we want to be Canada's premier uh, sports book. And, and my boss, it wasn't even me, my boss said, how can we call ourselves Canada's premier sports book? And we don't even offer odds on one of Canada's games. So he said, we're going to offer this. Um, we're going to have a bunch of futures. Um, talking with some of our guys. I think we can expect um week one lines Ooh. by monday or tuesday so early in the week so you're gonna have a chance to look at these lines we're gonna have a chance next oh, week yeah. to give out our best bets so spread money line uh over under and i believe we're gonna have a couple of, of player props for points and goals um per game uh and then if if you are not already on cool bet that's okay. I'm not going to shame you. But if you are wanting to join, uh, head to coolbet.com, sign up, and make sure when you make your first deposit, use promo code OTCB, 
and we will double your deposit up to $200 Canadian. So um, make sure you head to there, um, go to our Twitter, go to our Instagram, all the details are there. You can sign up that way. Uh, and like we said, if, if you, you know, can't really see a line or a future that you like in lacrosse, don't worry. NFL, NHL, NBA, college basketball, college football, CFL, Olympic curling trials even going on this week. The, the options are endless. But another thing, Teddy, I haven't even brought this up to you uh -oh. yet. I think what we're going to do, and we can talk about it off air, I want to do a boosted odds parlay for off the crossbar each week. So you and I maybe make a pick or two. We'll, par we'll, we'll parlay that together. Plus, we'll get the boys to juice the odds for us a little Love more. That. And uh, people can either fade us or tail us. Oh, they're going to probably want to fade me because I am <laughs> terrible at this. Um, ah, ah, hey, you did you not win the the uh, the pick'em last I won the year? Pick, there was no money involved. Well, hey, so we were saying what you're going to turn into a mush as soon as money's involved? Yes, yes, thousand percent, 100%. I'm a mush. All right, so if you want to get in on the action, head to coolbet.com/ca/sports slash lacrosse. Yes, that is a, a bit of a mouthful. So you can also go to the sidebar, click more sports, scroll down. You'll see the two little lacrosse sticks there. Click lacrosse. And that is where you'll find all the NLL futures for the 2021-22 season. And of course, first time users, make sure you use that deposit bonus code OTCB. And the fine folks at Cool Bet will double your deposit up to 200 bucks. Cool bet, your number one source for all NLL betting lines. And of course, as always, stay cool and bet responsibly. Love it. Absolutely love it. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Um, we're going to keep you uh, engaged and try to find all the lines you can um, and try to win you some money um, and try to maybe win some us money because it's Christmas is coming, right? <laughs> uh, Justin Ashio is a very smart young man and he is going to do a lot of great things in this world beyond playing professional lacrosse a 10th overall pick by the calgary roughnecks currently at ohio state but he also wants to help bring the game to everybody in a way that we've never seen before this is justin anasio one-on-one right here on the off the crossbar podcast Joined now by Justin Anascio, uh, draft pick of the Calgary Roughnecks, uh, Brooklyn Lacrosse Club, Ohio State, and Reps Services. Justin, how are you, my man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, good. Uh, you're back home. You're not at school anymore. I'm back home for American Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be going back, back to Columbus in a few days. But it's, it's good to be back right yeah, now. Yeah, it's always good to be home, isn't it? Oh, yeah. North of the border, come on. <laughs> um you you haven't been at calgary roughnecks camp because you have been at ohio state you're finishing your final year there um but you reached out to us and kind of said hey i got a little side business that i'm working on something that i can think that will help a lot of people uh it's rep services and, and we're happy to help spread the word so what's going on tell us all about it yeah um i'll give you a little backstory of how i how i founded this um I don't have to say it. I was a funny story. I'm a bio pre-med major. So my whole plan was to, to go to med school and go to residency after that, become a surgeon. During COVID, I did a deep reflection and realized that's 
not for me, just something I wasn't enjoying. I really, really wanted to stick around lacrosse and do something with that, especially after being drafted to Calgary. So I decided to branch out, apply to a bunch of different jobs, and I actually got a job at the Center for Innovation Strategies. It's sort of like an entrepreneurship. So my responsibility for that summer was to create a solution to a problem within lacrosse. So it was like an eight-week program. I did a lot. I hypothesized problems within the community, reached out to, I think, 100 different people within the lacrosse industry, gave them interviews, asked them a bunch of questions, and and really got down to, like, one main unmet customer need. And that was just that players need accessible resources to assist in player development. And I was thinking, how can, like, how can I do that? How can I solve that? I looked at other other organizations like Coach Up and and Connect Blacks, where they offer coaches and stuff like that. But I definitely want to do something different, different, something that was going to revolutionize the way that the lacrosse community connects and maybe it's the whole entire sport community. So that's how I developed the reps. And what it is, it's just a centralized platform that allows athletes and coaches to connect with a click of a button. Um, they're able to host and participate in private lessons, practice sessions, camps, pickup games. And I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to have a social feel, sort of like a social media aspect where they can gain a sense of belonging, go on there, message freely, make connections, gain ratings on their ability, and, and yeah, and a lot more. So I'm excited to, excited to launch this, excited to get this going. When do you uh, plan to have this uh, accessible for everyone uh, once it's fully rolled out? I see that you guys have, you know, you you just started about four months ago, um, but you have your MVP model out. When when can, you know, just the average Joe in lacrosse download this thing and start using it? The plan right now is probably May. Um, that's the that's plan. Um, hopefully we can get it done by then. Um, I think Memorial Day weekend would, right after that would be a really, really cool time to launch. But yeah, so currently we're in the MVP process. We're just focusing on private lessons currently. We're beta testing that, getting feedback from coaches on it, players. And and yeah, and then we're going to make alterations, um, improvements, and, and yeah, and then fully start working on the fully functional app. Are you guys going to have like resident coaches who are just kind of like always there helping out, or is it just going to be whatever coaches kind of want to be a part of it? So our plan, our business plan right now is do a strategic geographical launch where if we get 10 coaches in a specific area, then we'll open it up to a certain amount of players. We just don't want players joining this platform and not being able to have those resources. Right. So it'll be sort of like a waiting room. And it will launch in that specific area. Have you had, like, you reached out to me, some of the other people that you've reached out to, how much interest is there from, from you know, the people that you've prospected? There, there is a, a lot of interest. I mean, I'm talking to Brad McCarthy from Brooklyn. He loves the idea as well. And a bunch of other, other big time people, which is great. Um, I don't want to get too much into that, but everyone I've talked to loves the idea I think I have about nine advisors on my board helping me, help me uh, brand this, helping me launch it. So a lot of help, a lot of people have my back, which I really, really am grateful for. So yeah, I, I believe in this. I think it's going to be huge. 
I see you guys are already um, paired with a couple of clubs, obviously near and dear to here in Ontario with Edge, uh, but also Sticks and Stones as well too. Uh, do you imagine that also be, that that's another way that this platform grows, not just individual players, but also you know uh, joining forces with some of these uh, travel programs or um, any sort of organizations of that? Yeah, definitely. So Stu Brown. He's, he's helped me out a lot with the badge, giving me a lot of insights. Definitely, he wants to be a part of this badge, and so he told me, and I love that. I, I'm going to ask him to help me with this. And and basically what his thought process was, was right now he can't pay his coaches a full-time salary, and they keep asking for more coaching opportunities, a way to make more income, whatever it is. And he's like, this just allows them to make income on the side with not just edge kids, but kids from all over in his, in his situation, Southern Ontario. But he's like, there's just no way for them to make income on the side and still do something they love, coach the cross and provide those resources to those athletes as well. Um, so it's a win-win situation for the athletes and the coaches. You mentioned kind of like chat rooms and stuff like that, or, or is, is this going to be, you know, are you, guys gonna be able to like break down film and things like that on this on this app is that kind of where you see a next step going yeah so i have a few features on the uh, on the whiteboard right now trying to <laughs> trying to figure out right now we're just right now we're just going to focus on uh private lessons connecting athletes for private practice sessions camps and pickup games mm-hmm. but if that's successful definitely definitely a breaking down film, adding that online coaching feature where kids can connect with a coach, they can do it virtually. Um, and also um, that, as well as um, an equipment marketplace. So mm-hmm. kids can go on there, trade equipment, buy and sell, um, kind of like a sideline swap, but it's going to be just centralized on this platform. So it's really, really convenient just to have everything on this one, one source. But yeah, that's, that's in the works. We'll we'll see when that comes about. But yeah, you're gonna have a lot of NLL guys on there hawking all their old used gear, which would be perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> all the college kids that's got four years of of gloves and of shoulder pads, like all that mm-hmm. stuff should be on there. And I think you know, I think this is an awesome awesome platform, my man. Uh, any other kind of information you kind of want to let people know of, of, about reps? Um, definitely, it would help to just get people signed up on that pre-launched uh, wait list mm-hmm. on the website currently. That'll help a lot um, just for user acquisition and, and yeah, customer interest. But yeah, I mean, I think we interviewed, we sent an interview out to 300 current players, 96% of them stated that they, uh, they participated or hosted private lessons and 80% of that 96 said it's been like an inefficient process it's either been um parents reaching out on instagram for their kid a friend of a friend texting them so so basically this will help with all those inconveniences and and just be really helpful and i i believe it's going to help grow the game and and just close those barriers of entry for for a lot of kids what's the website for for people to sign up how do they get involved uh, just reps.services and it's going to be on the contact page. Perfect. Perfect. Um, we're happy that we could do this, but there's a lot else going on uh, in your world. Um, 
what was it like? Take us back to draft day. Obviously, you kind of knew you're going back to Ohio State, but uh, Calgary takes you in the first round. Um, what was that moment like? How special was that to to hear your name called in professional lacrosse league? Yeah, I mean, it was surreal. It's definitely been a dream of mine since I've been four years old, once I first picked up lacrosse stick. So, yeah, I mean, I really, really didn't expect to go first round just for the fact that I have played with box lacrosse in about three, four years because of injuries and other commitments in regards to internships down in Columbus, so I couldn't make it home. But I got the chance to play with Brooklyn for a few games this past summer and really really glad I did I think I did well I, I missed it it was I haven't had that much fun playing lacrosse in, in a while so I definitely knew I wanted to pursue the NLL and throughout throughout that week leading up to the draft day I was talking to a bunch of different organizations and coaches and a bunch of them had second round picks mentioned they were, they were going to take me then if I was still available. And Buffalo mentioned they were going to take me late first round as well, I think at 13. I talked to Calgary, wasn't too sure what they what they were thinking. But once I saw they, they traded for 10 and picked me, I was, yeah, I was fired up. Very, very grateful. And I'm excited to pursue that and join that organization. You mentioned that, obviously, it's been a few years since you played box. You played with Brooklyn this past summer. I know it was a shortened season, but obviously that was a big role um, in why, you know, coaches and GMs were able to see um, some eyes. But maybe there are some Calgary uh, Roughneck fans that didn't tune in uh, to the MSL Classic this summer. Uh, If you had to describe the type of player that you are in just a couple of sentences, what would it be? I like to compare myself to Jeff Snyder kind of player. I mean, I've looked up to him ever since I've been young. He was my Team Canada U19 coach, uh, face-offs. And, and yeah, I've, I've looked up to him. I try and model my game around him. Just a gritty, small, gritty face-off guy who's going to do anything in the trenches for the team and, and get them that ball. And, and, yeah, just be a tough player, tough, gritty player. Are you going to throw fists like Snyder too, if you have to? <laughs> going to try. <laughs> um, we, we talk uh, in the National Lacrosse League, uh, especially as of late, um, that Coach Myers does an incredible job marketing his players and putting you guys in positions to be the best you can be. But he's also created a pipeline to the National Lacrosse League. And every year we see more and more Buckeyes entering the NLL and the pro ranks. What makes him such a good coach that allows you guys to reach your potentials? Yeah. I mean, I've had a relationship with coach Myers since I think grade, grade nine, once I got committed, he's, he's definitely the type of coach who will have your back no matter what he, he contacted. I think every single GM and coach in the NLL drafted Spoke highly of me and Jackson Reed, two guys who got drafted. Um, so we'll definitely go to bat for any of his guys. But he just, a, he's, again, he's a blue collar coach. He doesn't like the highly sought out guys who are really highly ranked. He likes guys who are going to be tough on that field and, and do whatever it takes. And we actually play box um, every Wednesday in the fall. So that's, I love that. It's, it's fun. We, we have a, 
three teams. We split up the team into three teams, have uh, two games each week, and we have like a leaderboard, the staff, and everything. So it's really, really cool, really enjoyable. And yeah, he he really enjoys box. He loves his Canadians. But yeah, he he will he'll push you to your limits, and I'm grateful for that. There, there's no doubt he loves his Canadians. I mean, you just look through the rosters over the, the past many years. But a guy that's going to try his hand at the box across game who is not Canadian uh, is Ryan Tarafanko. Obviously, um, has so far had a pretty good uh, first taste of box across with Halifax in training camp. What makes you think that he'll be able to transition into a solid box across player? Terry, Ryan Terfanko is probably the hardest working guy I've ever played with or against. <laughs> he has no off switch. He's, he's always going. That guy, we have heart rate monitors during our games, and that guy has the biggest low, like the most amount of steps taken, fastest smile time, whatever it is. He's always, he's always going. And I, I think he's going to do really, really well. Really, really tough player. And yeah, he just doesn't give up, doesn't step down. Justin, this is awesome, my man. Uh, you know, you, like you said, you're home for U.S. Thanksgiving, so you're getting a bit of a break, but you're back at the grind at Ohio State in, in a little bit. But uh, I know you're going to continue working with Rep Services. Um, keep us up to date. Let us know anytime we can help you out, my man. Uh, I, I agree. I think this is a very awesome, awesome uh, endeavor that you're doing and something that's very much needed. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you for having me on again. Before we let you go, I have the most important question oh. of it all. Will Ohio State cover this weekend against Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a fact. They will. Um, yeah, I mean, they were just ranked second going into going into this game. So I'm fired up, fired up to watch this game. I wish it was a home game. Definitely would have went back to Columbus for that. But yeah. Excited. Perfect. I'm locking in my bet now. So <laughs> let's go. Just appreciate you, man. Uh, all the best, and, and, and we'll catch up soon, all right? Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. What a cool idea. And I think obviously it's going to have some some bugs to work out and some some intricacies to kind of flesh out, but giving these kids and coaches a way to virtually connect to help everyone get better. It's just an absolutely awesome idea. You almost wish that he thought of this idea like two years ago, because it would have absolutely flourished right? during yeah. COVID. But with that being said, COVID has also now shown that we can do so many things, um, you know, not face to face. And there's other ways that we can connect. And I think this is the perfect way. And now that things are starting to open, you can have that face to face interaction, but you can also set things up um, through an application like this. And he said it. And the first time, like when you sent this over to me, when he reached out to us, I, I thought one awesome idea Two, this could work for any sport. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think if, I think if, if, you know, they knock this out of the ballpark, there's no reason why they can't dive into other sports. And I just thought of it right away. Um, you know, this needs to be on a show like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, because I think the idea is there and it sounds like he's got a lot of smart people around him as well yep. to begin with, but boy, this, this idea, if, like you said, if they can work out the kinks, um, you know, Mr. Nasio might be having success on and off the floor. Cause this, this sounds like a pretty cool app.
Absolutely, indeed. Um, uh, I forgot to mention your mustache looks absolutely fantastic today. Thank you for properly shaving it in. Thank you. How Thank is you the uh, how is the Stephen Keogh Mobro fun going? Good. It's good. We're we're getting closer to the end of of Movember here, so mm. obviously. Any donation that you can do is greatly appreciated. I'm just pulling up here to see what our uh, total is. Uh, we are just over two thousand nice. dollars. So nice. you know we're the the funds are rolling in. Our target was five grand. So this is a challenge to everyone listening. Five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, whatever you want to do. Let's try to get us closer to that five grand by the end of the month. Um, I hope Stephen Keogh keeps his his mo going into the season because uh, it does look great right now. But uh, just shout out to Aaron Bold as well, though. Right now, sitting in first with uh, five hundred dollars raised oh, nice. raised in, individually. So, uh, Aaron Bold, uh, great job by you. Um, and I think uh, myself and some of the other team members got to pick up our socks and try to bring up the grand total closer to that five grand mark. Um, Keo's mustache obviously gave him a little more strength than his hands. <laughs> wow. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, Stephen Keo unfortunately um, was challenged to a fight by someone who didn't know that Stephen Keo um, is an assassin with his fists. Um, didn't turn out so well, but. Stephen Keogh got the job done, but it was a nice little video put out by Halifax's uh, the Thunderbirds and uh, Seals were playing in an exhibition game. Um, and sometimes you just gotta try to prove your spot and, and make a name for yourself and um, didn't work in that case, but uh, don't fight Stephen Keogh kids it's never in your best interest. He is like a Scarborough tough through and through. Mm -hmm. I mean, like a veteran like that, just why does he need to be fighting in, in camp? But no, you know what? That's the type of player he is. He, he doesn't, he doesn't fight often, but when he does, he shows you why he can't yeah. fight. And uh, I mean, if, if I could have a full team of, of Stephen Keogh's, I'd take that yeah. any day. Of the Stephen Keogh, Craig cons, <laughs> right? Like imagine that was your team, just 25 Keogh and cons. He's, Probably spending a lot of time. USA Thanksgiving is this weekend. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to all of our American friends, family, and listeners. Um, are you going to be watching games all day tomorrow or today? Technically, that's a that's a silly question. Of it course, I will be. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, yeah, Bills it, play it, the Bills play the, the the night game, and I honestly I don't know if I want to watch it. Okay? <laughs> Well, I'll watch the uh, first two games. And, yeah, uh, last Bills game was junk. The last Oilers game was junk. So we're both kind of crying in our tears after hot starts. Yeah. yeah. But, but lacrosse is coming soon. Hey, speaking of, we got opening weekend next weekend. Uh, like I said, we're going to dive into everything a little deeper. We'll give you kind of some predictions, team um, rankings, player awards, who's going to win it all. We'll kind of dive deep in all that stuff. But um, I, I just kind of want to get early thoughts. What's the one game or matchup? that you're looking forward to next weekend? Uh, I won't. And you pick, can't say Halifax, Saskatchewan. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I was <laughs> going to say, I won't pick that game. Um, but first off, shout out to the the schedule makers. I thought they did a really good job putting mm -hmm. a, a pretty 
good opening slate. Um, but for me, it's it's got to be, and I'm not just saying it because we had Brett Manny on, on the pod, um, but it's got to be Albany at Toronto. You've yeah. got, like you mentioned, the way you said it perfectly, two known franchises in two new places. Um, Toronto, obviously, really trying to prove themselves that they are a championship contender. You've got Albany, the underdog story, even though they shouldn't be considered an underdog. Uh, mix that all together in a new building in Hamilton. And it's the game that you can sit down on your couch and watch it on TSN. Yeah. It's even better. Um, How about you? This, uh, this is, I'm going to pick the same game, but for a different reason. And this is a bit of a, a hopeful reason. Um, and that it's so that we can see TDI Ireland versus Joan Ardell at the face off. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. And like we still don't know if TD is going to officially make the team. He's still on the roster. Um, obviously he was dealing with a bit of an injury from the end of the PLL season. Um, but we kind of talked about when they, they cut uh, Koichi Nakamura last week um, that that kind of might've pointed the signs that TD was going to be ready. Um, and if he is ready, I, I just think when you can get two of the best in the world, um, at their craft going toe to toe, uh, just kind of makes it that much more intriguing. So if, if that happens, um, that is going to be the main reason I want to be watching that game. But I also think, like you said, I think Albany is being underrepped, just like I think Calgary's being underrepped. People say, oh, they lost Steph LeBlanc, they lost, they lost Callum Crawford. Well, yeah, but that's just going to open the floor up for everybody else. And I think those, everyone in that offense is going to see the ball more. It's probably going to, be a lot more flowing offense than it has been in years past. So I think people are going to be very surprised by what Albany can do. But also I think I'm really interested to see this new sort of revamped ish Toronto rock defense in front of Nick Rose with Mitch, this new and with J, uh, Jay Noble um, with a healthy Latrell, you know, it, it's, it's going to be something I, if, if their offense can stay healthy, if they can get Dan Craig and they can get, Zach Manns to play good, solid minutes. Toronto definitely has a shot in, in that Eastern division. So I, I like Albany, Toronto for all those same reasons you do. Um, but there are some good matchups, you know, Calgary, Buffalo, uh, rematch of the 2019 finals, kicking things off. So uh, we got a lot to get to. We'll talk all about that next week. Um, don't forget, head over to Cool Bet Canada. Use code OTCB for your first 200. We'll match the next 200. And NLLshop.com, also fanatics.ca for all of your NLL apparel. Any last thoughts, Mr. Gregoire? Well, on the betting thing, now you just talked me into betting the under in Albany and Toronto, and I haven't even seen what the total is. <laughs> but I'm locking in the under. Locking in the under. Is it going to be a, an 8-7 battle between Dougie and Nick? I hope so, because I've just made a pick without even <laughs> seeing the total. The under. <laughs> uh, we'll break all that down. Lines, scores, odds, and all that next week on Box Bet. Uh, thanks to Brett Manny. Thanks to Justin Nasio. Uh, he's at P. Greggy. I'm at Teddy Jenner. Uh, the show is OTCB underscore podcast on Twitter and OTCB podcast on Instagram. You good? Great, man. Yeah, you are. That mustache. Woo! That's another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, be safe and be excellent to each other. Bye.